Okay, we are in Sefer Nechemia, Perik Dalid, Pasuk Aleph, Vayehi Karsher Shema Sambalat Vituvia. So we saw yesterday a celebratory completion of the bottom half of the entire circumference of Yerushalayim with the rebuilt walls. Uh, supervised by Nehemiah. Today we're going to go back in time because there was an intervening threat to that completion of the building in the form of those terrible perennial anti-Semites, Sambala, Tubia, and we're going to see a coalition. In fact, we're going to see that what started as a mockery, a verbal mockery of B'nai Israel and what they were doing has now boiled over into a very fierce, intense anger. And it's not just Sanballat and Tuvia. There is a veritable coalition of enemies that we're going to see that are prepared to take this to the next level, specifically physical violence. So we begin with Pasuk Dalit. Vayihi kasher shama sanbalat v'tubya. The two of them are rubbing Arabs, the Ammonim, Ammonites. Ashtodim would be those in Ashtod, which would be the remnants of the Philistine nation. Ki also arucha lechomos Yerushalayim, a beautiful expression of language, also arucha, that healing has gone up with the walls of Yerushalayim. Ki echelu haputzim, they have started to repair the breaches, the hasasam, and to close vayicha lehemod. Their anger was intense. They were furious. So, what do they do? of all this group united by a terrible hatred of B'nai Israel, and to at the same time stop that construction from going ahead they conspire they are escalating this into physical war and to make it Torah would be confusion, to reap confusion. Mephoshim tell us that what their plan was, that they were going to pretend indifference. They were going to ignore B'nai Yisrael. This ignoring of them would lull B'nai Yisrael into a false sense of security, and at the appropriate time, when it's most unexpected, this coalition would attack, would ambush. Nehemiah, as we're going to see, learns of this strategy. We pray to our God. But it's not only praying. I put a sentry system over the workers day and night. There was a guard behind them, manning the walls of what they were being constructed and being eternally vigilant for a surprise attack. Vayomer Yehuda, and Yehuda says, 
Koshel Koach Hasabo Ofor. They're saying that Yehuda is both Koshel Koach, is weakened of strength, Hasabo, from carrying, little carrying, the Ofor Harbe. There is much dirt and filling for the walls. And we just can't do it. As Rashi points out, what this is, they are worn down by the danger. They are worn down by the fear. And at the same time, it's very legitimately heavy work in carrying and in filling the walls. So that they are worn down just by the threat, worn down by the physical exertion. Um Tsurenu Lo Yedu Velo Yiru Adashernovo El Tocham Bahagonom. Our plan, a secret ambush. They will not know what hits them until we come, until we come to kill them. Vishbisanu es Hamalacha. And this will permanently stop the work on the walls. And now a group emerges. The Yehudim who lived among these people, the Shomronim and Sanbalat and Tubia, there were Jews that lived there. We think they were just random Jews, but some of Borshem intimate that their loyalties may have originally been to Sanbalat, since it was their cities, and gradually they came to be very regretting that they are linked with them and so serve as a fifth column. Go to B'nai Yisrael, and by Yom Ulanu they tell us 10 times, that is of course an exaggeration, but what we mean is they told us many times what's coming. They tell us the strategy they're going to use. They tell us the places they're going to come upon us in ambush. In other words, Nehemiah has the entire strategy at his fingertips. And now he goes into action. And now, to forestall an ambush, I place above the wall, almost as visualize the builders of the wall, and behind them is a total layer of sentinels. Sentinels that are watching, sentinels that are armed in Chabrosehem with swords, with Ramachem spears, Chabrosehem bows and arrows. And now I gather together the Chorim, the noblemen, the Haskanim, the officers, and the rest of the people, and I try to strengthen their resolve. Don't be frightened about them. Kaddish Baruch Hu will protect us, and you remember your fighting for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. 
So he's motivating them, don't worry, you have God's protection. At the same time, you're to be further motivated by understanding what you are fighting for, your families, etc. Now, they learn that Nehemiah knows the secret strategy. You mean Sambalat and his, uh, you mean Sambalat and his army knows? Yes, Sambalat realizes when they hear, he knows Alanu that everything is known to us by Elohim and that the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Nechemi gives credit to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, has uh, completely uh, scattered or obfuscated their plan, their counsel. It looks like, and it is, that they have in fact despaired. They see their plan is known, they see their points of attack are known, and so literally, they're gonna go home. And now, strengthened by this, uh, each man will return to his place on the wall, but we're not gonna relax the vigilance against these people. By Yehimin Hayomahu, from that day on, that we thwarted their attack. Half of my group, the youth, would do the actual physical labor on the walls. And the other half are holding in their hands spears, uh, shields, arrows. And they are... Uh, Vigilant, they are guarding the all base Yehuda. So there are two lines: line building, line protecting. Habonim b'chomov anesim b'sabo, those who are building the wall and doing the heavy lifting. Omshim ba'achas yodo, oseb malacha, the achas machzeches hasholach. This might be a little too literal because if you think about it logistically. It's impossible that they're going to work and hold a sword and a scabbard at the same time or a spear. Rather, we're talking about they're going to continue building, but in the other hand, they are going to have hasholach. Hasholach is a dagger, a small dagger. In other words, they're not going to be unprotected, but the major protectiveness is going to come from behind them. And even those that are built are going to have his sword around his waist and build. And I will keep the blower of the shofar next to me to sound the alarm. If there's something untoward, if there's a shift in enemy position, he will blow the shofar as a warning. And now Nehemiah gathers the Chorim, the noblemen, Askanim, the officers, and tells them, there is much work, and it's spread over a huge area. Um, and, and what Nehemiah is implying is he's worried that we are spread too far apart. In other words, because it's so vast that there are gaps between the groups repairing the wall 
and it's too spread out in case you still are being vigilant for an enemy attack. It's too spread out and we need a system for narrowing that gap between the groups. So the makom asher tushmu is called hashofar. When you hear the sound of the shofar, shamatik betsu elenu Elohim yilachem lanu. Gather close together. Close the ranks. Close the width between the groups, and Hashem will fight for us. Ba'anachnu osim b'malacha v'chetziyam machzikim b'marachayim me'alos hashacha ad seis hakolchovim. Even though the imminent apparent threat has subsided of Sanbalat. We are taking no chances. We are doing the work. And half of the people are behind them, holding on to spears. From dawn, when it breaks, until the stars come out. That's when work stops. You don't do the building at night. So, we are ever vigilant, and we have a group whose job is nothing more than vigilant, sentinel guarding of these workers who are performing the task. At the same time, I have told them as a preventive measure, do not leave Yerushalayim. Stay in Yerushalayim through the night. And the night will protect us. And then right to work the next day. And to show that this vigilance is not relaxed for a minute. None of us. The men, the leaders, ain anachnu pshatim begadenu, and it's to be taken literally. We do not remove our clothes; we sleep in our clothes. Ishilchol hamayim. Now, this could mean two things: ishilchol hamayim, that none of us take off our clothes to bathe, to wash. We don't even want to relax for a second. Some say. This has the element that, of course, we keep our clothes, we remove our clothes if there's the necessity of a mikvah, of washing, of even a nagelvas. We are near the source, ishil chohamayim. Each is near the water required. But we see the eternal vigilance Nehemiah imposes. Interestingly enough, this is the last physical attack you will see or hear of from Sambala and Tubia and their cohorts. They have given this up. They will appear again in different forms, but nothing threatening, nothing physical. The physical threat is in fact, uh, has been removed. And so tomorrow, we will get to some much more mundane problems that Nehemiah must face. Specifically, the first one is rampant poverty in Jerusalem. The people are starving, there is poverty, there is famine, and how he deals with that. And again, just 
allow me to leave you with the question and we'll raise it again tomorrow. This looks like a problem for Ezra. Where is Ezra? This is internal famine. He is the spiritual leader, the physical leader, the um, political leader. We haven't heard a word from him. And we know he's alive because he's going to appear later. So if you want the answers to this on how Nehemiah deals with this very real problem, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow, be there. You will not want to miss it. Ad Khan.